0: podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is WLRN News. I'm Sammy Mack. Injuries by guns are the second leading cause of death among children and young adults in Florida and across the country. But research about gun injuries accounts for only a third of one percent of publications on pediatric deaths. A third of one percent. That's according to the Journal of the American Medical Association. I'm tired of operating on 14-year-olds that come in shot or 16-year-olds. Trauma surgeon Dr. Tanya Zacherson works at the Rider Trauma Center at Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami. More than 850 kids 18 and under with gunshot wounds came through the trauma center in the past decade. And those young patients had almost nine in 10 odds of surviving. What got them there? And what happened to them afterwards? Those are questions Zacherson would like answered. I actually went to some of our local research offices and I was like, I'm interested in gun violence and injury prevention on that level, and I was, told very bluntly that you should not be looking at this topic because it's going to be harmful to your career academically because there's no money out there for it. There was a time Zacherson would not have been told this. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the federal agency responsible for safeguarding America's health, used to support research of gun-related injuries. But about 20 years ago, that all came to a grinding halt. Back then, Dr. Mark Rosenberg was the first director for the CDC's National Center for Injury Prevention and Control.
1: In the 1960s, there was an epidemic of young people dying in car crashes. And this country said, this is unacceptable, and we are going to use scientific research to stop these needless deaths. And the country invested $200 million, and that research resulted in totally redesigning the car they added seat belts and front airbags, side-amp bags. And we said, why don't we apply the same thing to the epidemic of gun violence?
0: So Rosenberg and his fellow CDC researchers started asking basic questions about who gets shot and under what circumstances. In 1993, a study that was funded by Rosenberg's department found a correlation between having a gun in the house and an increased risk of homicide. Again, trauma surgeon Dr. Zacherson. The National Rifle Association caught wind of this, and that was almost like the the spark that made them support the omnibus bill of 1996, which essentially kneecapped all funding in terms of looking into firearm-related violence. The omnibus spending bill, better known as the federal budget. One of the lawmakers involved in writing the bill in 1996 was Jay Dickey, a Republican congressman from Arkansas who had the endorsement of the National Rifle Association. He says a lobbyist alerted him to the CDC's gun injury research.
2: What I thought was happening was CDC wanted the money, call it research, and go and sell gun control under the auspices of the federal government. They were trying to destroy the Second Amendment, and I didn't, I didn't want that.
0: In 1996, Dickey sat on a House Appropriations Subcommittee. It held budget hearings for a couple of agencies, including the CDC. And that year, Mark Rosenberg was called to talk about his division.
1: And it's always hard to defend CDC's budget, because while people understand why you need money to treat someone who gets sick, they don't fully understand why it's so important to spend money to prevent these problems.
0: He knew it would be a tough sell, but he wasn't expecting the questions he got from Dickey.
1: Is it? true that you really want to get rid of all guns? And isn't it true, Dr. Rosenberg, that what you should really be spending your time on is infectious diseases? Because we all know that violence is not a public health problem.
2: I wanted to hear how they were gonna do their research, their gun advocacy research, without the gun control agenda.
0: The hearing adjourned. Congress went about writing its spending bill for the next year. And Dickey made sure the spending bill explicitly said no CDC funding could be spent on promoting or advocating gun control. The bill cut all the funding, $2.6 million for gun injury studies. Rosenberg says the move sent a message. If
1: you do research in this area, first of all, there's not going to be money available to fund you. And second, if you do research in this area, We are going to watch you and we are
2: going to hassle you.
0: The rule written into that omnibus bill became known as the Dickey Amendment. And the research about gun injuries basically stopped.
2: I thought the thing was over.
0: But it was not over. In the years afterwards, Rosenberg and Dickey stayed in touch. They started talking through their differences. And Rosenberg says Dickey showed him the CDC needed to be clear. It didn't want to take guns away. It wanted to protect law-abiding citizens and prevent violence.
1: And before that, CDC had not stated that explicitly.
0: And Dickey came to understand what had happened as a missed opportunity. In the discussions
2: that Dr. Rosenberg and I had after that time were probably what should have taken place when we were in the heat of the battle. I didn't realize that that research could be done without promoting gun control.
0: You can hear Rosenberg's influence on Dickey in this highway example here.
2: They got the money for a four-foot fence between the, the highways, and supposedly they have cut down on a head-on collisions. Well, that could have been happening to us.
0: But it was too late. The Dickey Amendment was law, and Rosenberg was let go from the CDC.
2: The job
1: of public health research is to count so we can understand what happens, so we can do something about it.
0: Dr. Sandro Galea is Dean of the Boston University School of Public Health. and He's on the very short list of researchers who currently study the impact of gun violence. He and other researchers say it's hard to make good policy without good data.
1: We do not know the scope of the problem. And without knowing the scope of the problem, without knowing what causes the problem, we cannot intervene.
0: Galea just published a paper showing that at some point in our lifetimes, 99% of us will know someone who has been shot. But he says we know very little about what the long-term impact of that violence is on the victims, their families, their communities. Which brings us back to Miami today. Dr. Roderick King is a pediatrician and the assistant dean of the University of Miami's public health program.
2: And so what ends up happening is that we're only dealing with the symptoms, but we're not able to garner the resources and the attention and the staffing to be able to understand what are the implications for these kids in terms of the mental health impact of the gun violence.
0: A study that tracks kids over a long period of time and looks at trauma and experiences with violence, that could take years and cost millions and millions of dollars. The funding for other long-term public health research into things like tobacco or cancer or highway safety, typically that comes from big federal grants.
2: The small philanthropic groups just don't have that kind of funding capacity.
0: That hasn't stopped him or his colleague Zachrison the trauma surgeon, from doing what self-funded research they can. They lean on grad students to analyze patient data collected at the Ryder Trauma Center in Miami. Again, Mark Rosenberg from the CDC.
1: People ask, when is the best time to plant a shade tree? And the answer is 20 years ago. When is the best time to start this research? The answer is 20 years ago. But the second best time to plant a shade tree is now. The second best time to start answering these priority questions is now.
0: This is WLRN News. I'm Sammy Mack. Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.